what these Unlocked Women conferences mean to me is I think it's a wonderful time for, even though men are invited, but it's really for women, about women. And it's a wonderful time for us to come together and get re-centered, re-energized in the things of God. This is a crazy world. And sometimes it's very confusing for a woman, especially if you're too soft, women don't respect you. If you're too tough, men roll their eyes at you. And so it, the world can be a very confusing place, but it's so beautifully simplistic when it's laid out in the things of God and in the, in the Bible and Bible principles. It really brings us back to center and lets us know how really simple it is that if we just depend on God and trust Him, we can do anything and everything. And that's what I get out of these conferences. It's a beautiful way to recenter, re-energize, and, and feel like you can conquer anything and everything. So I hope you'll join us. We have so much fun and, and get serious, serious energy and, and new life for, for the months to come. Join us, please. At the Women's Conference, I have experienced um, a move of God and the theme of the, the Women's Conference is Unlocked. So just being present and hearing the word that God has placed on the speaker's heart, it gives you the key to unlock those doors. What I say, gems of that you can use for your destiny. God has placed a destiny in all of us and they give us the resources and the tools to keep moving and walking out that destiny every day. So if you have a passion for a business, or you have a passion for ministry, or you have a passion to just work with children, they will give you the resources and the encouragement and the key to unlock those doors. So where you have the confidence through the word to walk through those doors and walk through your destiny and reach as many people as so that's my experience at the Women's Conference, and I encourage you all to come and gather around the good stuff. Hi, I'd like to invite you to our annual Unlocked Women's Conference. It's a great time of fellowship with other women, a time of refreshing, a time of empowerment, a time to get ready for the rest of the year. So I hope to see you there July 15th and 16th this year. As I left, the Unlocked Ladies Conference last year, I felt so encouraged in the Lord as I listened to awesome women of God share God's Word with a new, fresh anointing. There was personal ministry time, personal prayer time. It was really a great time in the Lord. My most favorite part, though, was meeting ladies from other places as we connected and we shared the testimonies of God's goodness. I would encourage you to not miss out. This year's Ladies Unlocked Conference will be held here in Gonzales, July the 15th and 16th. Don't miss out, register online today. I look forward to seeing you there. Hi, my name is Marquise and I'm so excited to invite you to our Unlocked Women's Conference. I love these conferences because they provide times of refreshing and revival and community. It gives us an opportunity to not only hear the word, not only to be moved by the Holy Spirit in the services, but to also get to be in community with other like-minded believers. It is a powerful time. And I always leave the conference encouraged and refocused to carry out the will of God in my life. 
So I encourage you to come to our conference in July. It will be life-changing for you and your family. All right, all right. Good morning and welcome back to Unlocked. We're getting ready to get started. So I'll wait for everyone to um, find their places in their seats so we can give honor and glory to God. Amen. I'm going to open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. As we pray and worship you, Father, we thank you that your all-consuming fire will rain down on us, God. We thank you, Father, that you love us so much that when we pray and ask you, you will not hesitate to show us your will. You want us to know what your divine purpose for our lives are. And we thank you right now, God, as we pray and seek your face, Father, that you will hear us, God. And we thank you, Lord, that we will be obedient, God, because your word says that if you are, you will teach us and instruct us and keep your watchful eye on us, God. And we thank you right now, Lord, as we open up in this service, Holy Spirit, as we worship you, come inhabit our praise, Father, as we seek your face. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all ready to worship the Lord? I know we get a little tight in here, and that's okay. It's a good problem to have. But if you can, I'll encourage you to stand up, and let's get into worship. Amen. I think I turned it on already. It's on. All right. Hallelujah. We're going we're gonna to usher in the presence of the Holy Spirit today. God is more than enough. Amen. Why don't you turn to someone this morning and tell them, say, my God. He's more than enough. Amen. He can supply all of my needs. Hallelujah. My God. Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He is my God. Hallelujah. Here we go. My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai, he always looks out for me, Jehovah Jireh, he is my God, Jehovah Jireh, he is my God, my God is more than enough. Supply all my needs. He is my hell should die. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Jehovah Jireh. He is. He is my God. All of the earth is His. All of the earth. And the fullness thereof, everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, don't you know that He is? Come on and say, My God, yes He is. Jehovah Jireh, He is my 
So why should I worry about the highs and the lows and the downs? Out of your belly, out of your belly, out of your belly. 
worship you Almighty. no one like you, Lord. Lord God Almighty. Come on, just lift your voice. Him. If you have your heavenly language, come on, just begin to let out a sound right now. And if you don't have it yet, you're going to get it. Hallelujah. We give you honor Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, have your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel that in this spirit right here is we need to turn the service to my sister to come and minister. I know we have other things we want to accomplish, but we'll do that later. I will have a lot of things to discuss with you about our meal today, and we'll get it all together soon. But um, this is the most important thing. He's holy. He is the Lord God Almighty. As Bethany said, sing out to him who he is to you. He's the great I am. 
He is everything we need. He's our healer. He's the restorer of our soul. He's our way maker. He's whatever you need him to be. So if you would just uh, be seated in the presence of the Lord right now, and um, we're going to transition and have uh, Pastor Robin. Oh, I met this family, um, I guess it's been, it was February a year ago, we met them for the first time, and we just felt like that we had been connected forever. You know, you meet people like that, and the, the, sometimes, you know, not always, that's not always the situation, but sometimes you meet people and you just feel like I've known them forever, we belong together, and that's how we have felt with them, and, uh, and they have shared the same expression towards us, and I honor them this family for what they're doing for the kingdom of God and it's my honor and privilege to have not just her but her beautiful girls with her except for two two are at home taking care of everything that's going like and I love y'all I appreciate you all your sacrifices and what you do and undergirding this powerful woman of God my honor to turn it to you honey oh we will receive an offering at the close of her ministry for a love offering for her okay Thank you, Pastor. I am so honored to be here today. And, yeah, that would be good. We, um, we have uh, just gleaned so much from this ministry and from this conference. I, uh, you know, sometimes it's good, just good, like Krista said, to go to church and <laughs> instead of always giving out and so we uh from yesterday morning i we've just said and uh uh i i got to go to uh the visionary conference for one night and so i feel like i've been on a tour just gleaning in in uh louisiana so it's been great and uh i'm just I'm just going back with so much i feel like but i but i came also with a word from the lord for you today and uh, he started talking to me um, you know how you do ladies that are ministers you you know that you're going somewhere and you know and and I've known this for months and months and so I'm like okay anytime Lord what about that conference down there <laughs> you know when we need to get on it now and and uh, so I you know I would just be and, and he would start speaking just little things to me here and there and as uh it got closer and closer i feel like it's like that um you know it's that you you start smelling something really good in the kitchen i heard you know y'all's term making groceries down here so uh you know we're we're always cooking up something down where i'm from and so uh, you, you get to smell in that, you know, the kids love Gambinos down here. They love the bakery. Um, get thee behind me, you know, I can't, so can't do that. But I, man, I could dive into it, used to. But you get to, you could, when you go pick up those fresh macaroons down there, oh, my Lord, you know. And so the Lord, he just started giving me just tidbits and tidbits of, and then, you know, just bam, full-blown message. And so I am here to to deliver that and to endeavor to deliver that. And, um, and so this morning, we're going to get right in the Word, but let's go ahead and pray and pray that 
that we have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church at this hour. Holy Ghost, you are welcome here today, sir, with all your precious gifts. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a powerful word yesterday from Bethany and, and then last night from Pastor Beverly. And, and you know, just the, I was sitting there just writing, just writing. If it looked like I, I and I thought, oh my goodness, this is just a wealth of, of the word here. And so I'm going to, what the Lord, and it is so, everything is just going to flow together. And that's how God does. He's so beautiful like that. It, it just, he'll give you something. And, and we haven't even talked we, about, you know, what one's going to preach, what the other one's going to preach. And, and Because when it's the Holy Spirit moving, it just intertwines. And um, it's so beautiful. And we're going to go to the uh, first Samuel. And I, um, I, I noticed right up under, and I got, I got, we tickled last night at, at Pastor when she was talking about the King James, but this is the King James. And so, um, and, and it says under, otherwise the first book of the Kings and, um, and, and the Lord, I, I just started writing and, and the, so the story begins and we're going to be talking about Hannah this morning and Hannah is um she is just to me such a a a woman that was locked up and so we're going to start in verse two because you know verse one you just reading all those names and you don't want to 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 do it you know do the word any injustice so just skip over that right now Go listen to it on the on the Bible app, and you can hear how they're really pronounced, you know. And verse 2, and he had two wives. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> right there's your problem, right there. Okay. The name of one was Hannah, and the other was Panana. And Panana had children, but Hannah had no children. That's a war brewing right there. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of the host in Shiloh. And the two sons Eli, of Eli, uh, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time that Elkanah offered, he gave to Panana his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore from to, to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. Now, if you've heard my husband preach, and teach on Lord, the uh, Lord God, and all the different names, and the um, God, and you've read God is absolutely good. You know that it's talking about the Lord of the harvest, seed time and harvest. And so her her womb had been closed up, and she had no children, 
no hopes of any children whatsoever. And so Hannah had become, the Bible says, of she had become bitterness of soul. And rightly so, because it said that her adversary provoked her. And in the message translation, it said, but the rival wife taunted her cruelly, rubbing it in and never letting her forget that God had not given her children. This went on year after year. Every time she went up to the sanctuary of God, she could expect to be taunted. So every year, she expected the adversary to come because he comes in cycles. And so every year he would come back. And I, I looked up the word because I get curious to know and you've got the Strongs and, and everybody can, can um, there's so much knowledge, a wealth of knowledge now. You just don't, you know, you don't take everything at just the word. You go and look it up and see what it means because one word can mean a lot of different meanings. And so, in the worthy portion, I wanted to know what he gave her. You know, I'm always thinking, well, Hannah, he's feeling sorry for her. He's going to give her more. He loves her. You know, and you're thinking, well, if he loves Hannah, what's he doing with the other one over there? But, but the worthy portion is this. It means someone enraged. It means to breathe hard. When you're upset, you're breathing hard. To be angry or displeased or to snort. You ever seen somebody so mad they just snort? <laughs> well, that's how Hannah, that's her disposition. That's how she had gotten. She'd gotten to the point where she absolutely was so angry. She was so bitter because her adversary, let's put it in today's terms. They're going up to, to worship, to Shiloh. They're going, uh, the priest is going to, uh, to go up there. They're going to give an offering. So Elkanah gets all of his family. Panana, she's got all these kids. So, you know, uh, she's loading up her car, her vehicle, you know, Say she's driving an Escalade. Let's just, you know, that's a sharp car. But she's got the extended version because she's got all them kids. And she's loading up everything, you know, over there. She probably leans when she drives, you know. Maybe she's even got a chauffeur. You know, you don't know. Maybe she's got somebody driving her. And she's walking by Hannah. giving her the look and Hannah's gorgeous you know she's just beautiful she just don't have any kids but Hannah's so mad she's I mean she's snorting mad that's mad that's that's angry when you when you're just snorting mad and so Hannah maybe they pull her car up and it's one of those little smart cars because she ain't got no kids ain't no room in there She's in, she's in a smart car going to the sanctuary. And, and Panana just floors it and leaves her little smart car behind. 
listen, they was dysfunctional families in the Bible. Read about King David. There's a lot going on in that family. So your family's not that out there. And there is hope. And so they get up there to the, to the temple, to the sanctuary. And listen what. It says the adversary, it's just she gets up there and she is expecting to be taunted. You see, what you expect to happen in your life, the enemy's going to draw it to you. When you get you know, you get up in the morning or something and you, you, you go to work. You expect that person to be the rude person that they are. You expect someone to, to hurt you. You expect someone to not be kind to you. The enemy is going to draw that because the anointing can attract. It can attract good and it can attract bad. And so if you have a low self-esteem of yourself, then you're going to, and an insecure, everybody's got insecurities. It's just, don't talk about them all the time. Don't, don't, get them, don't put them out there all the time because you're tipping the enemy off what, what bothers you. And the adversary, he walks about as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He walks out. He's a poser. He acts like a roaring lion. But, the, but Jesus pulled all of his teeth, and so he's gumming half the body of Christ to death because they get so afraid. His roar is not as of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords roar. His roar can't be heard for miles. His roar can only be heard in your head. Because the enemy, he, the, the mind is the battleground for the enemy. And you take a thought by saying. And once, and that's scripture, you take a thought by saying. And once it's out there, you know, it's like putting on the armor of God. You put on the armor of God. And so you're walking down, you know, the street. You're ready for the day. You got all you, your equipment on. And, you, you're, and, and so here comes the enemy. He's not going to miss a trick. He comes by and, and what, what are you wearing? You're wearing the armor of God. You're not wearing the armor of somebody else. You're wearing the armor of God. Now, who do you look like? You look like God. You're wearing his armor, so you're looking like God. You're looking like him. So the enemy knows that armor. He knows what that looks like. And he's scared of it because he's fear. And as he sees that armor coming toward him, he's going to say, is that him? Is that really him? And so he starts poking. He knows your buttons. He knows what to poke, what to push, what will set you off. Somebody can come up and say one word to you. And it can light a fire under you in a second. I mean, you can go from, oh, praise God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. 
Somebody goes, look at her hair. <laughs> Point two seconds. Praise is gone. Praise is all gone. And you, you, you went from <laughs> to this. And so as soon as that happens, the enemy goes, that's not God. That's not God. And then you're just sitting up crying because you, after he's pushed your buttons, after he's made you react, then the guilt comes. And then it takes me, oh, God, oh, God, why did I act like that? Oh, God, oh, God, I love you. Oh, God, please use me. Then you're begging. Oh, God, please, please. I won't act like that again. Oh, God, please. But, and, and then you're resulting to begging again. When we should be able to get up, shake it off, repent, and go on. And walk on. But being in the flesh, we feel like we have to beat ourselves up. We have to do penance. But we don't. Because you don't make your, you know, if you, do, you don't make your kids do penance, they can come to you. Remember when they were little? Mine's grown now, but my granddaughters come and and can do this. And uh, Amber, Maddie said something to uh, her and her mother. I watch them all the time. I call them the Gilmore Girls because they, Amber will. I'm watching me through her. And watching her react to her. And that's me reacting to her. And the other day, I finally looked at Maddie. I said, don't let her fool you. Because they said, she goes to, uh, they, she said, Mom, she goes to y'all all the time. It, it, she'll ba- bypass me and Robbie uh, and go to you and Papa. And I said, well. She, and then I said, don't let your mother fool you. I said, she used to bypass me all the time and go to, go to my mother and daddy. Till one day she went up there to him. She said, you need to ground your daughter. I don't even know how I got off on that. But doing penance. But then they can come to you after they've just aggravated you to no ends. Pick one of those little... Flowers, you know, that the, the bees get on, you know, a little clover or something, and bring it to you, and you, you will get the most expensive vase in your house and just display that till it just withers up, you know. We have so much grandbaby art in our house till there is a poster board behind the couch in the, the sunroom, and you can see it from outside, and Amber said, is that something Morgan did? I said, yeah, you daddy won't let me get rid of it. And, and so I just put it behind the couch. And, and so everything just goes, well, that's how God is with us. He's that way with us. We see him, not the love of the Father a lot, because we've been taught that he would hurt you. He would kill you. He would beat you up. He would do all these horrible things to you. You know, that would be an abusive father to do something like that. And he's love. He is love. 
And I know a lot of women have to have to get over not being raised in a home with a dad or with the father, so they don't know the love of the father, and they have to to learn the love of a father. But he is your all in all. He's everything to you. And 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 when you unlock that, and you uh, let that let that love just saturate you I'm telling you what things will change in your life it will absolutely change so don't forget the Escalade and the smart car going to church and they're going up there and so Elkanah her husband said to Hannah in verse 8 he said why, why are you weeping why are you crying why, why don't you eat you're not eating nothing Hannah and why is your heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? You know, no, Elkanah, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not all that in a bag of chips. But look what he's doing. Right there, am I not better to you than ten sons? He's looking at her saying, you know, honey, it's going to be okay. I got all these kids over here, but with you, I just want you. And it's just that that's selfish right there. You know what that's doing? That's robbing the nurseries in the church. There's a lot of Elkanahs that's around the churches and they don't want the little ones in the church any long. They don't care to go out and get them. They don't care to have newness of life coming in. I'm going to tell you something this morning. If you don't have any children in your church, you're fixing to lock your doors because your life will soon come at, at whatever period of time that you're ready to leave this world if you don't have any life or any new birth coming into your church you don't have a church you got a senior citizens club about to just happen and so we have to go out after this generation we have to go after uh, ladies a new we have to tell these younger ladies um, that we've the church somewhere or another it's went south in the church because you got, and I, you know what? You may not like this, but I think I know where that back door leads to up there. If, if you don't, I can run pretty fast. But we, we almost got nightclubs now. And we got young ladies dressing for the club. There's some churches I would like to say when they come in, uh-uh, uh-uh, no. You go on and call that club and tell them you ain't getting on that pole tonight because you, you are not dressing like this coming in here. It is time. And you know what that is? That is the older is supposed to uh, teach the younger and we're letting, we're seeing a generation come in, and it's, it's sad. It is pathetic. Because you've got people with, with 
cloths doing, doing like, oh, God, do I cover the top? Do I cover the bottom? What I, what I do here? You know, they're just running around trying to cover up everybody. Because ain't nobody got hardly anything on. And then you see older ones coming in there. And I'm like, mm, I just play. <laughs> and so we're not seeing growth in that area. And it's because nobody wants to offend anybody. Everybody's walking with an offense. Until they get to the place, okay, I don't care. I, you know, I tell the praise team at, at the church where I pastor at, at Church International, and I tell them all, I say, listen, y'all are a bunch of beautiful girls up here, but you ain't everybody's baby out there. And you cover up. And they know. They know. And, and, and I tell everybody that, that that has ever been on the praise team. I say, you cover yourself up because you are there not to show off your body. You are there to praise the Lord and lead these people into the throne room. There's a lot of beautiful people in the world. But you know what? Beauty comes from the inside. Beauty comes from the spirit, and it will show. And, and there's some just gorgeous people, and you think, and they're, but their disposition is so horrible. But when they know Jesus and that beauty can just, is unlocked. That word comes out a lot. It's unlocked and it flows out. And I'm telling you what, it, it just, it, it just radiates and it permeates the, the, the atmosphere. And it just makes you want to go in to a, a worship I, I just, uh, I get so much out of watching Bethany and her, her worship. Bethany is a gorgeous young lady, and her worship is just as beautiful as she is. It's so pure, so pure. And so he said, am I not better than ten sons? Well, no, you're not. You're really not because we got a church to build, Elkanah. And so you're not. But Hannah rose up after they had eaten. Now, she's not eating anything. She's just got to the point she can't eat. She can't sleep. She's mad. She's snorting. She's displeased. She's enraged. And so she goes to the temple because she was in bitterness of soul. Her mind, she could not get the adversary out of her mind, taunting her. Her mind, her will, she didn't have a will anymore. She wasn't eating. Her emotions were out of whack. You want to talk about emotional breakdown? Yeah. Hannah was having an emotional breakdown. She was bitterness of soul. And so she goes to the only place where she feels like that she can have a refuge or she can get to. She didn't know what to do anymore, so she runs into the temple and she falls in the altar. And she begins to pray. And she begins to talk to the Lord. And this 
is one of the things that the Spirit of the Lord wanted me to tell you today. It's time that we get back to go not caring what anybody thinks, not caring how we look. If our eyelashes come off in the altar, that's okay. Rip them off, throw them down. But she's praying, have you ever been so heavy-hearted and so to the point you're, you're everything within you, I mean, snot's flying. You, you are just, you are crying that hard. Nothing's coming out of your mouth. At that point, you, you don't know which way to go. But Hannah was tired of the, the anger. She was tired of the adversary taunting her. She made up her mind, I'm going to the altar, and I'm laying it all down, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get rid of this, and I'm going to ask God to forgive me of all this or whatever till, till Eli thought she was drunk. He wasn't even paying attention to his own sons, what they were doing. But he looked at her and started judging her. And said, Man, there's one translation that said, you coming in here drinking beer? <laughs> you coming in here drinking beer and wine? He thought she was drunk. So he went to her and he started telling her, not asking her first, what's wrong? Can I help you? Can I pray with you? No. He went up there and he began to judge her and begin to say, you're drinking, woman. You're drinking. Listen, in this last day revival, it's not going to look like what we've always thought. It's not going to look like church that we think and we were raised in. They're coming in their grave clothes. They're coming out in their grave clothes. You know, uh, I think the, the, the song right now, everybody is just identifying with the rattle song. Uh, open the graves. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. People want their lives back. They've been in graves too long and they want their lives back. So they're coming in and it is up to us not to judge them how they look. If they've got 14 piercings in their face, if they've got, if they're tattooed from head to toe, what does that matter? That ain't you to judge. That's their body. Let them come on in. Let them come on in. And I'm going to tell you last night when Pastor Beverly was talking and, and preaching and, and she began to say, we've got to stop. Just, just all these. We've got to get healed within ourselves and walk on. And all these, these, uh, these things are good. All these different meetings are good. But dear God, go to them, get free, and stay out of them. I talked to a guy, and, and I've talked to several people that that was in the recovering. And he said, you know what that is? It's a ring. It's a recover ring. You never get recovered. He said, because by the time they get through with talking about their addiction and talking about what they have, have experienced, he said, we would leave there and we would all go out and we wanted to get high more than we did before we went in there because they were feeding on each other's needs. I'm not condemning that at all because that works for some people, but there comes a time you need to be recovered and not just always recovering. That's a dog chasing its tail. It never happens. 
And so, and some need more, more than others. But the word of God works. I have saw people who come in addicted. And I've seen alcoholics delivered on the spot. I've seen someone eat up with sclerosis of the liver from drinking so much until their stomach was swelled out and they were yellow and the whites of their eyes were yellow and they said they wasn't going to live. But after they gave their heart to the Lord, they went back to the doctor. Their liver had rejuvenated and they were completely no... No um, DTs or anything, withdrawals. They were God biblically delivered by the power of Almighty God. And then I've seen people come and stay delivered for a little while and then go back. What, what is the difference? They don't get rooted in the Word. They don't get rooted. They don't find a church. If people think, you know, we're just talking about the five-fold ministry. The five-fold ministry has not passed away. You know, I, and, and uh, I operate in the prophetic some. I, I, the Lord gives me dreams, and, and, uh, and that's how he speaks to me. And, and I've had words of knowledge, and and. But I don't operate in the same gift like my husband. There's a di difference between the gift of prophecy and being a prophet. And, and I've, I've watched it. And I've watched people. And, and I've watched them walk up one and just and say, give, give me a word. Yeah. When somebody does that, yeah. listen, this ain't a command performance. It ain't a command performance. You know, I live with him. He don't give me a word every day. And so I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, there's 66 books here. That's a word for you. You need to get in it and quit running and hunting every word. For you. When you are in a service and then the prophetic starts operating, and, and you know, if don't get mad if God don't call you out. We've all been there. You know, you've been to services and you're sitting there and you're thinking, they're going to come back to me. I know it. I know it. I know it. And then they just pass you on up. Maybe you didn't need that. Maybe you didn't need that. Maybe you're stronger than what you think you are. And so this is a time that, that this revival that, that we've all heard of, and that we've, we've all longed to see and to be a part of, it's not going to look like we think it's going to look. You know, it's like Krista said, this is what we've trained for all of our life. <laughs> and when the Lord comes and he says, okay, I need you. I need you. I need you. And the spotlight from heaven goes, boom. And, and you better be ready. He ain't going to have time for you to, to be bitterness of soul. He's not going to ha have time for you to be offended at every little thing. Offended because uh, somebody didn't speak to you. Offended because they didn't sing the right song. Offended because the pastor preached something that, that meant to help you, but you took it as straight to you. Well, maybe you needed it. I'm preaching. 
today. I'm preaching about today. I'm preaching about today. Because we've got to get, listen, women are strong. I come from a long line of strong women. And I'm headstrong. I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm just being honest right now. <laughs> I'm headstrong. And they can tell me, you need to do this or you need to do that. And I, and listen, uh, you, you, have to, you have to get in that submissive area, whether you like it or not, and, and flow. Because the anointing flows in order. And so, you know, my mom worked all my life. And uh, it, I'm not upset about that. She did. Her and my dad, they, they were both hard workers. My dad was a coal miner, and he wasn't an underground miner. And then they had uh, a trucking company, and so uh, I've been around trucks, and I, I, I was even a dispatcher. And so, you know, I, I feel like I've did everything. But my mother worked for 20, almost 25 years for Wrangler. So if you wore Wrangler blue jeans... And it had that press, that crease in them. That might have been my mama that put that there. But she worked in a, in a department where the air conditioning was horrible. I mean, it was like a, it was, oh, man. And you, I would go up there sometime to, to have to see her or something. You'd open, they'd have the doors open. The ventilation was pathetic. Some of those women would pass out from the heat, from those big oppressors. Right before it was time for her to retire, they did away with the department so it could, it could take away those women's retirement. And they had stood on their feet on that concrete and in that heat for years and years. But you know what? My mother got up every morning. She's 85 now, but she got up every morning and she cooked. And I know. She cooked, that, she cooked biscuits and gravy, and she cooked um, eggs and bacon. And every morning when we would get up to go to school, that breakfast would be in that oven. You talk about the virtuous woman. I was thinking about that last night. I turned around and I said, you know, I can't get, be getting up at daylight weaving that silk. I, I just I can't. And <laughs> I can't do that. And so I got to do it in other areas, you know. But she would get up and do that, and then she would, by 5.30, she was going to work. Well, when she retired, did she sit down? No. You know what she did? My mother went to a place called Metacraft where they made um, uh, the uh, iron furniture outside, and my mother got on an assembly line, and, and she didn't have to do that. My dad would beg her. He'd say, no, come on, come in the office and, and do some work, and mother said, no, no, and she went and got on the night shift in her 60s and, and got on an assembly line and started working, and we were like, the kids was like, Mama, what? And, and the Hispanic community loved her, and they would call her Grandma by this name. I don't know what it was. And, and Mother said, I've got all these friends. And she was a, a very strong woman, and she still is. My dad's in heaven now. And so God is looking for, because how many know and knows, and this is just the truth, there's more women in the church that works than there is men. And so because women will 
get in and they'll get something done. But God is, he's looking for women in these last days to rise up and not be bitter, have bitterness of soul, to not be angry. And I know a lot has, uh, you know, you can be a minister, you can be a pastor and, and bitterness of soul, try to set in. And you can be in the five-fold ministry and, and it try to set in because, you know, the other Sunday I, I was going to church. I got out. They're doing some work at my house. And so they got the backyard just ripped up and, and redoing it and everything. So you got to go out the front door. And it's kind of uh, messed up right now. So they just got it fixed. And, and uh, because I live in an older home and... Uh, I walked out, and I, if you shut the door, you're locked out. And I went on, and I put my stuff in the car, and I was going by myself, and then I noticed my phone is not there. And I laid it down in the house. I've shut the door. It's raining, and I'm trying to get to praise practice on time. Things are not going well. And I go, and I bang on the door. People are upstairs. Krista couldn't hear me. Uh, they got the blow dryer going. Nobody's hearing me. I am banging on the door trying to get in. Nobody can hear me. Nobody hears me scream. And I, I'm out there just banging. And I can't bang too hard because if people pass by and they see me and I'm out there, I'm going, let me in. Let me in. So I'm trying to keep it together. And I get to church, finally they hear me, they let me in. I get to church, and everybody's, hey, pastor, hey, pastor, and I'm trying to get it right. You know, I'm trying to make my face not look. Hey, pastor, it's so good to see you. And your eyes twitching, you know, you're like, and I'm getting it together, and they're so happy to say, can we get you anything? I'm like. Maybe some coffee or something, you know. And they said, Morgan, what, I'm, this is Morgan is my youngest granddaughter. Morgan was a sight this morning. Do y'all know what a sight means, you know? Morgan was a sight this morning. She didn't, she didn't want to come. She didn't do this. She didn't, she's got in trouble so much. And I said, well, don't be so hard on Morgan. I didn't want to come either. <laughs> and I'm the pastor. But I had to. But you know what? I, I got an attitude adjustment. And you know what the Lord said? He said, well, I can sit you down this morning. There's other people that can preach here. M me? <laughs> me? I was like, yes, God. And then, then, then it comes. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Are you going to use me? Are you going to take it away from me? You see, the penance stop, starts. But Hannah got down there, and she got real with God. She started letting him clean out all of that, of the adversaries. All of his words. Listen, you know, that, that old sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know what? That's a lie from hell. Because one word somebody says to you can stick with you through life. And you, that's all you do is, is when you see that person, that word comes, 
comes back to you. When I got called to, to preach and pastor, because I was just happy singing. We toured around. We sung. We got on the bus. We left. It was all good. I didn't have to make a lot of close connections. And, you know, that way you're not hurt, you know, so you got this wall up. You stay on that side. I'll stay here. I'll sing. We'll praise God. I'm going to get on the bus. I'm going to leave. Everything's good. And so the Lord told us to, he woke me up. He said, get back to Alabama. We were in Nashville. We, we would have lived there. We was planning on living there the rest of our life. It, it wasn't Nashville. I just say that's the central location. It was outside in Hendersonville. And so I was like, oh, that's good. Good life. Everything's going great. Love the Lord. Got a church up here. Everything's good. We leave town. We go minister. We come back. And then one night. I heard the wind blowing. I was just, I heard it blowing, and I thought, oh, Lord, because there was a, the house we lived in, it was an old, uh, I like old houses, but this one, uh, well, th that was in Gallatin when we lived there, and it was by, it was really, it had the two-story, had the separate entrance, and had the, the, the top floor, and, but I heard this wind blowing, there was huge tree big old oak tree in front and I thought my goodness there's a storm coming and I jumped up went to the window as still as a summer night nothing going on I thought what went on back to bed heard it again I thought okay it's really fixing to come we say come up a storm and I jumped up I went and I looked out the front window nothing nothing just as still as it could be I went and I lay back down. I fell asleep. And all of a sudden, I saw this big field of wheat. And I saw a fire going around the perimeter of that field. And I heard all these cries and this wind, this wheat was blowing, and that fire looked like it was getting in the wheat. And I heard, there's a cry in the harvest. There's a cry in the harvest. And I went to our pastors and I said, I said, and, and I knew it was youth in there because we were helping them with the youth. I said, I said, there's a cry in the harvest. I said, there's a harvest of souls. And I said, this fire is going around. And I said, it, it's, it's the Holy Ghost. I said, there needs to be a, a revival in the youth. I said, to the point where the Holy Ghost is just is rushing in this harvest. And, uh, and you know, someone who's not, sharing your vision they can look at you and and mean well but it doesn't strike you the same and and so the lord started then one one morning he woke me up and he said i want you to get back get your family back to alabama and i i told robin i said the lord said we need to move and he said yeah i know and so we packed up, and we moved back to Alabama, and that was in 06. But in 07, my mother gave me a book, and she said, have you ever read this? And I said, well, I've heard about it. And it was a book from uh, that my great-grandfather. Now, my dad was my grandmother's uh, one, younger. She had, like, two sets of kids. Only married one time, but she had two sets of kids. They were, like, so far apart. And my dad was one of the youngest ones, so my first cousins were, like, 
my dad's age, you know, I, will, I connected more with my second cousins. And so she said, this is a book about your, your dad's uh, granddaddy. And I knew that he was a, 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 had a, he was a minister. He was a tent minister. He was an evangelist. And it was in the 18, late 1800s. And the Lord called him. He was a, a, an entrepreneur. He owned a store in Birmingham. And he was very successful. The Lord told him to move to Blunt County, Alabama, buy a lot of acreage up there and build a store. Well, he didn't know it was the Lord leading him because he wasn't, a, he wasn't saved. But he got up there and he opened this store, and he started. they started attending this community church. And as they attended this church, he would go home and he would read the Bible, read the Bible, and he started seeing things in it that they weren't preaching. And it was about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so he got up on the roof of his store, and he was hammering, doing whatever, and he said, Lord, if this is you, I want it. This was like 1890-something. And the Holy Ghost came on him so strong, it knocked him off the top of the roof, and he landed on his feet speaking in tongues. He had a huge family. The Lord said, I want you to build a tent and, and fix the habit. And he said, Lord, I will make this tent. I won't... I won't uh, get anybody to make it. I will get this made. I'll pay for it all. People, he, they, he, they were a very prominent family in the area, but he began to teach and preach and let people know that there's more. There's more. And there's more that's in you that's locked up that can be unlocked. And he got to preaching this all in that area up there. And nobody had ever heard of the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that area. It was all a new thing. So everybody did this, and they began to ostracize them. But when they got that tent, and this was all in the book. It was a, a book my mother wanted me to read that one of my great aunts had written about her dad. And... Uh, and so I began to read this book. I started reading this book. And I got more involved in reading this book. And I found out how he put the carbine lamps all over the tent. And people came from miles that would just wake up and the Lord would say, travel here. And, and there was no phones and there would be a revival here. And he said the, the opening night, he said he wanted seven trumpets to blow. And I guess to, and, and that's the equivalent to shofar now and so they um, they could only find six and my aunt says in the book it saddened father that there could only be six trumpets said but as the the trumpets begin to blow one trumpet came out of heaven and it's it sounded so loud that it swallowed the other six up and you were talking about Maria Woodworth Edder last night when she came to warrior Alabama and preached for three nights there I'm just praying that where she put her tents where the church is right now but but when she came through warrior it was one of my great-grandfather's associates that went to the train to meet her and I didn't know this I had no idea that that all of this and I get to reading all of this information and something woke up in me and the Lord told me he said why are you keeping your family hid and locked up on that bus he said you are not a ministering family you are a family of ministry 
and he said, I want, I'm calling you to pastor. Now, I'm reading this book coming back from Georgia. There was a man that had invited Robin and I. His family wanted us to come and sing happy birthday. Happy birthday. That's just it. Happy birthday. Robin and I traveled for years as twice Robin. And so we, we was just... You know, that's all we did. We traveled ministry. He would preach some revivals. And, and so we went, they said, we just want you to sing happy birthday. I said, happy birthday? That's it. We just want you to sing happy birthday. said, we'll give you $1,000. I said, we'll be there. Happy birthday. I mean, I'm on it. I am on it. <laughs> and so we drove to Georgia to sing happy birthday. Dalton, Georgia. And this was a guy that was just a, uh, I mean, he's big in, in a more, huge mortgage company. If I call the name, you know it. So, but what I didn't know was this lady that would go with their ministry, she was a prophet. She was a prophetess. And this guy, now, I'm going to tell you, there's no shortage. Don't let the devil talk, tell you there's a shortage. There ain't no shortage. Heaven ain't in a recession. They ain't no like angels being laid off. You're maybe in this world, but you're not of this world. Listen, if them gas prices is rising, so is your income going to rise. I want to I'm get back to the Georgia story, but I want to tell you this. We were, I looked at the price. You want to talk about filling the car up? Pull that bus up. And watch it click on up $900, $1,000. And I said, this ain't right. I said, this is the enemy trying to stop the gospel. I said, this is not right. I said, Lord, we need this bus. This is a, a good way to travel. It's very comfortable, and we need this bus. And, and we, we thank you, Lord, for enough finances to be able to go and fill this bus up when we need to fill this bus up. And then that was it. You say, you said that? He said, mirror my word back to me. This is part of our benefits. A man was called to heaven. He told me this the other night. I know him very, very well. It wasn't Brother Jesse. It, there was another man. He was called to heaven. This man I, I know very well. He's from Alabama. He came up to us, and we had prayed over him. And, and, and I knew about his experience, but he come to the table. Pastor Beverly, he was glowing. He just, he started telling us, me, oh, I think it was me and Krista saying that, he just unloaded. And he said, that Jesus told him, he said, my body should be millionaires and billionaires by now. He said, those who don't prosper is an insult to my blood. Wow. Okay, I don't want to insult the Lord. <laughs> I don't, don't want to insult him. We were at church the other Sunday. A couple they said, um, they came down. They said, we really want to talk to y'all. And, and these other pastors that we know real well said, they, they really want to talk to y'all. And we said, okay. And so they came up, and, and we met them, and they talked. The man owned a trucking company, and he said, we're led to send y'all fuel money every month to pay for your fuel on that bus. 
Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. So, I don't know where I was. Anyway, I was in Georgia. Sung happy birthday. But this man owned an island out of Georgia that we used to go sing at. And it was a small, it, had a, it was called Two Tree Island. You can look at a place called Lick Skillet, Georgia. You want to talk about southern? Lick Skillet, Georgia. Now, this guy really knew. He would have people come in. And we'll talk about religion. It's over with when it's on the water. There would be like 80, 90 boats come out all in the water. People in their bathing suits. Praising the Lord. to the. And you're like, oh, okay, okay, you know. And so... And then they give an altar call. Go out on jet skis with microphones and, and get people's where they got saved and everything. Don't stop there. Drag them off the boat. Baptize them. I mean, ever, everything. All in one. All-inclusive church service on the water. And he had a pontoon. He had two pontoons. One that he would, uh, they would carry people out there. The other had the sound system. So it would go all pray, doing praise music. That's why that man was so successful. He, he preached the gospel where he was. And so she was there. And she looked, she, I, I wasn't around. I thought, wow, this is weird. And, and she was, you know, she was, prophesying, giving a word, and, and, to, and she called Krista in, and Krista was just a little girl. And, uh, but she was at that meeting that night, that birthday party, and she looked at me and she said, Honey, she said, the Lord says that you have a pastor's heart. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, Jesus, not me. You know, I'm just. And she said, but I had been reading that book. And it was waking something up in me. And I said, a pastor's heart? And I'd think about that. And then I'd meet somebody else and say, are you a pastor? And I was like, God, no, I don't even like people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I had saw so much. And I thought, oh, Lord, a pastor's heart? And then finally I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do. I don't care if you want me to sit in a Volkswagen somewhere. If that's your will, then I want to do that because what I'm doing is not working. I'm never, there's nothing fulfilled. You can, it don't matter how many songs that you can write, how many songs that somebody can, can record, how many things you can have, accolades or anything. If you're not in the things that God wants you in and you're not in your call and you haven't got down like Hannah and you haven't just laid out and said, Lord, I tell you, I am yours. I, I don't want this anymore. I want to do what you want me to do. Then you're not going to be satisfied. And every one of you in here has a call. You have a destiny. You have a certain gift that nobody else has. You know, I, I remember in 88 when we got saved and, and, and I started watching different ministries and I saw Gloria Copeland teach and I started doing this. So I'd get a suit like Gloria Copeland or I'd try to do 
this or do that. And, and finally God said, I said, Lord, I don't fit all that. I don't know where I fit in. I don't, I, I just, I can't do that. And he said, Robin, I want you being you serving me. Because there's, you know, even though we have the same name, and I, if I said there's not a Ro another Robin Bullock, you'd say, well, yeah, there is. But <laughs> there's not another Robin R. Bullock. And there's not another you. And all of our, we have different fingerprints. That's how unique you are. But when you get down like Hannah, Listen what, after, after she prayed and the Lord, he heard and opened her womb up because she had to get rid of all that bitterness of soul. Her mind, her will, her emotions had to heal and all the bitterness was gone. And, and she even loved Escalade Lady. I mean, she even, she, she had to forgive her. And then all that went away and immediately her womb was open and she became the mother of the prophet Samuel his words never fell to the ground not one word ever fell to the ground after that Elkanah came to her and said we're going back up it's time to go back up. She said, I'm not going till he's weaned. You can go and read the rest of the chapter. He said, I'm not going till, she said, I'm not going to go till he's weaned. But I've gave him to the Lord. And so she, he said, okay. And so she stayed back. Now, however long that was, we don't know when it took to wean, you know. They pitched a party when Isaac was weaned. I guess they did. I guess, uh, you know, she is... <laughs> It's party time. Isaac gets weaned. <laughs> so she got him ready just as Moses' mother, Jochebed, got him ready and made the basket. Hannah got Samuel ready, and she prepared him, and she made his coat, his covering, to take him to the to the church to take him to she didn't send him she took him she took him there that's our job as mothers we're to like the basket we're to make coats and cover our children and take them take them go with them and she went up there now maybe they were from the south i don't know what was in the basket she sent i know there was gumbo and all that in, in Moses' basket that floated down. Where I come from, it's cornbread and chicken. Maybe some turnip greens. Hot sauce, you know. We call pepper sauce. Good old peach pie. Took him off. I know I'm getting y'all hungry. Y'all probably hungry now. But don't stop there in chapter 1. Go on over to chapter 2 and read. Hannah after she carried him there, and she reminded the priest, hey, do you remember who I am? I'm the woman you thought was drunk. But look at me now. Look at me now. In this short period of time, I'm bringing you a prophet. 
Some of you are bringing prophets to the house of God. Some of you are bringing prophetesses to the house of God. Some of you are bringing the fivefold ministry to the house of God. And she began to praise the Lord. And she said, my heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged. Hannah had a big mouth after that. Hannah began to talk about what had happened, what the Lord had done. She began to have bragging rights, lady. She began to have bragging rights, and she began to brag on what the Lord had done. He made her to laugh. He gave her a prophet. He gave her a son because she fell in that altar. She wasn't ashamed to cry ugly. You know, some people say cry pretty. No, cry ugly. Get down to business with God and start releasing all these hurts and all these things that's within you. And don't be afraid when the Lord says, I want you to do this job. I want you to do this. Let me tell you something. The one that carries the water and washes the hands of the, of the prophets, of the pastors, of the fivefold ministry is just as great as the one that stands up and delivers the word. Because without that bottle of water, it's tough when spit starts flying and you get dry mouth and you want something and you ain't got anything to drink but somebody noticed they need some water up there or the one that vacuums the floor you'd have a dirty church or the one that keeps the nursery that's the most you it's hard to get people on the nursery list but let me tell you something Kat Kerr said, though, that when she went to heaven, that she saw those who took care of the children, there was parks, memorial parks, that was dedicated to those who was in children's ministry. I said, my son and Madison, his wife, they're going to have the, a big, a huge park. You're probably going to get a gold pamper when you get to heaven. <laughs> Know you're rocking a prophet. You're rocking a prophet. Don't despise your Sunday. Well, I might have got a word. Listen, that baby can give you a word. While you're holding that baby, the Lord can just come to you in peace and start talking to you. See that job as not just a job or a chore. See it as a ministry. And rock that baby with all the love you can. And see to the others. Because that mother needs something that day in service. You know, a lot of mothers will lay. I remember, oh my goodness. I felt like, Pastor, I, it was the KGB after me all the time in church. <laughs> trying to, I, the one of the babies would start crying and they would be looking at you. Like. You need to leave the when I'd be going to try to hear, you know, different ministers or something, and they would come to you and I'd end up in the nursery. And I'd think, Well, why do I even come? Why do I even come? So you've got to see that that's just as important. But you're going to get you on your mind to get right with the Lord the right mindset 
And the mindset is let this mind that is in Christ Jesus be in you. And that is getting you on your mind is getting him in your mind. And then you can have others on your mind and help them get unlocked as well. Amen. I hope you got something out of today. The Lord is, he's so wonderful and he's so awesome and he loves each and every one of you. And he has you on his mind because there is a revival and I believe it's here and it's springing up in different places and I believe just how much that we want it and how how desperately we want it is going to determine the magnitude of how large this wave's going to roll and I want to be on it. I heard Brother Garland say last night, ride it till it's over with. Your dad used to say, I want to ride it till I hit the, hit the shore. And you don't want to miss it. So get in the word. Get in the word for yourself. Building your own self up. Your holy faith praying in other tongues. It is so so important to be baptized in the Holy Ghost because when you don't know what else to pray, hit it in tongues. And you you know that you're you're doing you're praying right. Amen. Amen. I pray a blessing over each and every one of you here today. I pray that your minds be open to the word and I pray that hurts be healed. I pray that hurts, that, that it just seemed like no one could, could mend those hurts. I pray right now, Lord, like the anointing, like the balm of Gilead, Lord, just, just comes over them, Lord, and runs, runs warm into their, their very soul, Lord, and down in their spirit, Lord, healing every hurt, every discouragement, every harsh word that has been spoken. And, Lord, I thank you, Father. For my dear sisters that are here today, that Lord, their ways be prosperous, their families be prosperous, and joy and laughter be within their homes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. Oh, what a beautiful so word. Before we transition for our lunch, I'm going to have Marquise come for a moment. And then we'll be having lunch in a little bit. Um, and I'll have special instructions to go through with everybody for that before lunch. What a powerful word. And I, I so concur she was saying about every aspect of the ministry so important. I'm sure that y'all love the beautiful backdrop. My wonderful daughter-in-law designed these banners a couple few few years back. And Bethany had the vision for this, and so she and Kia put it together. And four-year-old Bo was pulled a chair up here too and climbed on the chair. And he kept trying to convince Ms. Kia that 
one of these green flowers needed to be right here. And she was so gracious with him. And, oh, well, let's just see about that in a minute. I was like, Lord. But anyway, I appreciate my team. I, I, I couldn't do these conferences without the team to help who came and stayed last night and set the beautiful tables for you to eat today. And um, just really appreciate them. And this little girl right here grew up in this ministry. She's my baby girl. Love her, love her, love her. And she's been my conference coordinator for years, and I totally trust her. In fact, I wrote her a few minutes ago. I said, what are we going to do? I pretty well organized everything else, but I didn't know how crammed tight we were going to be in here today. And we can't get out and go get our food in the foyer like was my initial plan because we didn't come in, we didn't have the ability to get in here and measure and see how all the tables would fit or wouldn't fit or whatever. So we've come up with, she's wrote me back a few ideas. I said, you decide, you tell me what to do. I'm leaning on you, but right now she's going to share with you. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Bev. Hasn't it been so far, and it's not over, a phenomenal conference. Have you received from the Lord during this conference? I know I have, and it's such a beautiful, amazing time that we get to not only hear the word and what an amazing word that Pastor Robin gave this morning, what a blessing that you spoke, speaking life and encouragement over us, and for every service, for all the speakers, it has been an amazing time. And so in this moment and in this atmosphere, we have have the opportunity to give. And so I'm so excited about that opportunity. So um, behind our chairs, I know that we are in tight quarters, but there is opportunity there. And there's also people who you are watching this service, whether it is live in this moment and you're receiving, um, or if it's in the future that you're listening to this service, we have an opportunity to sow into this ministry. And so in the natural, we know that to have a conference like this, there's fees that are <laughs> that are taken under. And so we have the opportunity to have amazing lunches and amazing gifts at the end of every service. And so even in the natural, we know that that does, that does cost. But this is an opportunity to sow into the kingdom, to sow into the ministry that is received here. And so you have an opportunity to give into the lives of other women who are being unlocked. What a privilege that is. And so we are so grateful for that opportunity. So I encourage you, if even for those who are watching online and at home right now, the information to give is on the screen or on our website, on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page, because this is an opportunity to give and to what an amazing conference to sow seed because we know that we'll have a harvest. It was so sweet. Um, Miss Alexis, one of the ladies that our church had to step out, and she was like, I want to bless someone with, you know, if there's a meal, bless them with that meal. And she was like, because it'll come back to me, <laughs> you know. So this is an opportunity that we don't necessarily give to get, but, man, this is some really good ground to sow into. And so we encourage you, again, if you're online, to be able to give that way. For those who are here, our ushers will assist you. And I'll pray over the offering as you're preparing. 
And this offering also, in addition to the conference expenses, we want to be able to honor Pastor Robin as she has poured herself out in her team and her family that has so graciously come to share with us during this women's conference. We're so grateful for you. And so we want to also have the opportunity to bless her. And so as you're giving, yes, Billboard Ministries for checks. Okay, either way. Okay, Praise Church or Billboard Ministries. Okay, perfect. Great, what an opportunity to give. Checks payable to Billboard Ministries or Praise Church. Yes. We're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, for this opportunity, God. First of all, just to be in your presence, oh Lord. God, we thank you, Lord God, that you are holy, Lord God, and you also call us into your presence, oh God. Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for our sisters who have who are giving, Lord God. Father, we thank you that you're pouring back into their lives, Lord God, in more measures, God, financially, but then spiritually in every single way, Lord God. Father, we thank you so much for this unlocked conference, oh God, that you've blessed us with. Father, we thank you that just as Pastor Bev said yesterday, that we don't just only receive, but we go out, Lord God, and we we unlock the Holy Spirit within us, oh God. Father, we pray that as people are giving, Lord God, Father, that you'll continue to bless the ministry, bless Pastor Robin, Lord God, as well, Lord. And Father, we thank you and we praise you for all that you're doing. You're a mighty God. You are a mighty God, and we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our ushers are going to come to serve you so you can stay where you are.